Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Today, a somewhat mysterious case of the Marsoc Three, the court-martial of three Marines charged with homicide after a barroom confrontation with a defense contractor. I've covered a few cases in which military men are charged with crimes in what can seem like unusual or unfair circumstances. Sometimes the cases involve allegations of unfair influence at high levels, such as the case with Marsoc III and a court-martial that's underway. In this podcast, you're going to hear from a former journalist who took an interest in the case, and she's advocating for the accused. But for a factual take first, sort of the other side of the story to the extent we know it, the best I could find was an article in Marine Times that I'm going to read to you because I think it gives good context before hearing from that former journalist. This is an article by someone named Irene Lowenson. It's titled, As Two of the Marsoc Three Go on Trial for Homicide, the Third Gets Immunity. The trial of two Marine Raiders for a high-profile homicide case started Tuesday, that would have been January 17th, with a Navy corpsman also charged in that case receiving immunity that will let him testify freely and could make it harder for him to be prosecuted. Gunnery Sergeants Daniel Dreyer and Joshua Negron are being tried at Marine Corps Air Station in Cherry Point, North Carolina, on charges that include involuntary manslaughter. Going on reading the article, it says, On the first day of the trial, the convening authority granted a third defendant, Hospital Corpsman Chief Petty Officer Eric Gilmet immunity to testify, according to Gilmet's civilian attorney, Colby Vokey. That means, says the article, that any military prosecutors that bring Gilmet to trial in the future will have to ensure that they derive all of their evidence independently of his testimony given in this trial. In practice, the immunity will make it harder for Gilmet to be prosecuted, according to Vokey. Dreyer, Negron, and Gilmet, now known colloquially as the Marsoc Three, were celebrating New Year's 2019 at an off-base nightclub in Erbil, Iraq, while deployed with Marine Special Operations Command. According to security footage and later statements to law enforcement, continuing to read from the article, retired Army Master Sergeant Rich Rodriguez, who was deployed as a defense contractor, approached the trio and accused them of showing insufficient respect for his rank and former Green Beret status. The argument ceased, but Rodriguez later confronted Dreyer outside the club. The short fight that ensued left Rodriguez unconscious. Now, this is me talking, not the article. Rodriguez is the one who is the contractor who approached the group inside the bar. He's now left unconscious. He was hit by one of the other guys outside the club. The trio took the contractor back to the base, and Gilmet, a corpsman, monitored him throughout the night. When Rodriguez stopped breathing, Gilmet took him to a hospital, but the Army veteran died days later. So again, this is me talking, not the article. Rodriguez, the military contractor who may have started the fight or the argument and was hit and knocked out, he's now stopped breathing, and then he died a couple of days later. Back to the article. Nearly a year later, in December 2019, the men were charged on counts that included involuntary manslaughter, negligent homicide, obstructing justice, and orders violations. Their trials before a general court-martial were delayed because of concerns that a senior lawyer for the Corps had engaged in unlawful command influence by allegedly threatening one of Gilmet's lawyers. 
a military appeals court in August 2022 reinstated the charges against Gilmet after a lower court had previously dismissed them. Me talking now, leaving the article for a moment, this isn't the first time I've covered a story about military controversies and cases where charges are dismissed and reinstated and there's accusations of unlawful command influence. So anyway, charges were dropped against one of the defendants but now have been reinstated. And back to the article, a Marine judge in September 2022 denied requests by Dreyer and Negron to dismiss the charges against them. Gilmet isn't being tried right now. He has asked the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces to take up his request to dismiss the charges against him. Again, Vokey told that to the Marine Corps Times, and the court has not yet released its decision. So that's sort of a factual backdrop with a lot of blanks left open, what really happened, why these guys are being prosecuted, what they may have done wrong, what they say they did not do. So today we're going to hear from Heather Earls, She is a former journalist and the wife of a former Special Forces Army man, and she took an interest in the case, started investigating it, and, well, we'll let her pick up the story. If this were, if you're going to summarize what you think this is a story of for, like, the flap of the cover of a book or something, what would be the several-sentence summary of what you think this story is about, what it tells? I believe it tells about injustice that's going on in our, not only in our country, but in our military system. And the first thing I'd like to have you do, which might be a little unusual, but there's a reason for it. Can you explain what you see as the prosecutor's side of the story against the people that you are here to speak in defense of? What is their story so that people understand when you tell your side you know, they have the context to understand the difference. What is, what is the belief on the other side or the accusation? That, that one's hard to tell. As a journalist, we take both sides into account when we write a story. And this one is so hard for me to determine because they, they truly don't have a case. There is so much evidence pointing towards the innocence of these men and there was no investigation done prior to them being accused. And so other than the military command being embarrassed or the the, um, person, Mr. Rodriguez, who passed away was part of Lockheed and Martin. He was a contractor. And as we know, a lot of commanders coming out of the military joined Lockheed Martin. So to me, there's, there's some kind of connection there. If you dug deep, you would find it. But in just plain sight, I don't understand their side of the story other than they just don't want to be embarrassed and these guys are fall guys. Well, instead of their side of the story, then maybe tell us what they're accused of with a little bit of specificity, and then we'll get into the other side. Okay, so these guys are charged with involuntary homicide and manslaughter. And who are they? So we're talking about Gunnery Sergeant Danny Dreher, Gunnery Sergeant Josh Negron, and we have Chief um, Eric Gilmet, who's a Special Operations Independent Corpsman. And if I understand correctly, just to set up what happened, it sounds to me, in reading a little bit about it, this was sort of a not too uncommon barroom con- confrontation or kind of a barroom brawl that started all of this that somehow went bad. 
Yeah, and there honestly, there wasn't even a brawl. So I've seen all of the evidence and everything plays out on video. That's another reason why it's hard for me to understand why there's charges against them because it's not just this scratchy video. It's a clear video where you can see what happened. So these men um, were out New Year's Eve, which would have been the 31st December 2018. And then into the night, they had um, permission to go off base and um, did everything correct as far as that's concerned. So they were in there, they were having fun. In the video, you can kind of see where sometimes they're dancing. They just stayed in their group of three visiting, even with the owner of this bar. And this is the and, surveillance video from the inside of the bar. Yes, yep. All of this is from the surveillance video. And they were even talking with the owner of the bar. And then you have Mr. Rodriguez, which you'll see off and on throughout the evening. Um, he'd been there a while and you could tell um, at least from the video's standpoint, that he was intoxicated. Um, and he just came up to these guys and they were talking with the owner. And it appears that he just wanted to engage in some kind of conversation with the owner and these guys. And so they chatted a little, but then he just off and on kept coming back. And this wasn't the first incident where Rodriguez in the evening had been, um, he had started a um, a fight with somebody else unrelated to the Marsoc 3 earlier in the night in the same bar. So the bouncers and everybody were already aware of him there. All right, let me and stop so, before, you, before you go on. What does Marsoc okay. stand for? Um, so um, I guess those listening, Marsoc is the special operations for the Marine Corps. Okay. But is anybody in uniform and is Rodriguez part of the military? Is he a civilian? No, Rodriguez was a contractor for Lockheed and Martin. So he was on the same base as the three men. And no, nobody was in uniform. Okay, please continue. Okay, so just during the night, they were having fun. Um, it got to the point where Rodriguez was starting to get a little more aggressive inside of the bar. So he was asked to leave along with, I believe he had seven friends with him. And so... They escorted him out of the bar, at which point, um, a little while later, the Marsoc 3 were ready to go and they were going to leave. Well, the bouncers stopped the Marsoc 3. They've been labeled just Marsoc 3, um, just because there's three men involved. Um, they stopped them before heading outside because they could see that Rodriguez was outside still waiting for these men. And so the bouncers held them for a little while um, in my opinion, not long enough because Rodriguez never left. And so then the Marsoc 3 left out of the bar and um, Rodriguez was there. And then, so they go outside. Were they looking for each other? Do you think the Marsoc 3 went outside expecting they might see Rodriguez and his friends or what happened next? Well, I believe they were aware he was still there just because the bouncers were holding them back from coming outside, letting him know that he was still there. Um, obviously, when they went outside, there's also video for outside. And Rodriguez was clearly waiting for these men. And so the, these men came together and you could see in the video, they started talking and when asked, um, you know, it was kind of more of a, hey, what just went on in there? You know, trying to, I think, settle things out, not realizing um, Rodriguez 
um, came up into um, gunnery sergeant Danny Dreyer was poking at him right in his face. And then at that point, Rodriguez threw a punch and just nailed um, Dreyer in the face. Any idea what they had words about, or was this just sort of the, as far as we know, the conversation that happens between two people after they're at a bar and, you know, doesn't really have to do with anything? Yeah, it, it seemed like part of the conversation was um, a pecking order, if you want to call it that, just seniority. You know, Rodriguez was part of Lockheed and Martin, and I think he was trying to get um, Eric Gilman's attention. Um, it just seemed like that in the bar that he was the one he was trying to get his attention of. And I don't know if it was just to say, hey, I'm here, recognize me. You know, that's something that is going on in the court. So I'm not gonna dispel too much of that. But um, yeah, as far as the confrontation outside, at first it just looked like it was more of a, hey, what just went on? You know, is everything cool kind of thing? And then obviously the words began to get heated. Rodriguez came right up into um, Mr. Dreyer's face, started poking at him, and then threw a punch. Meanwhile, Mr. Dreyer's hands were at his side the entire time. He never engaged to return that. And then what happened? And then um, Gunnery Sergeant Josh Negron, um, you could see where Rodriguez was getting ready to hit um, Mr. Dreyer a second time. So Josh Negron came up behind and then punched Rodriguez, who then fell to the ground. And is, is, is he the main one facing the most serious charges because he laid hands on Rodriguez versus the person who was initially hit? You said he had his hands down at his side? No, they're both being charged with the same accounts. So then continue what happened. Um, from what I understand, Rodriguez was you know, okay, by and large, he went, went home or had treatment or whatnot, and he didn't, he didn't suffer immediate adverse events. Tell me about that. Um, actually, no. So Rodriguez fell to the ground and appeared that he was unconscious at that point, but obviously still breathing. You can see in the video where all of Rodriguez's friends um, just took off. They just left him there. So the MARSOC-3, um, you have Chief Eric Gilmet, which I said was a Special Operations Independent Corpsman. So he was the medic, like the main medic for the base. He um, went down, you know, to check his um, pulse. He was breathing just fine. Um, the MARSOC-3 were the ones who took Mr. Rodriguez back to the base, at which point Eric put a watchman on Rodriguez until he would wake up. So then it was determined, I don't know the length of time that went by, but um, Eric felt that this man needed um, further medical attention. And so then Rodriguez was um, flown off base and three days later he died. And it was said by um, the doctors that he died from asphyxiating on his own vomit. So, but for the three days, I was not clear on this. Was he conscious, do you know, or just getting treatment or what was the state of him for those couple of days? Um, I believe when he left the base, he was still unconscious. Okay. I don't know about his recovery from that after he left the base. And how long was it before were the MARSOC three guys immediately taken into custody when this happened or did some, when the fight occurred and so on, or did it happen later that they got 
arrested. Yeah, it happened later. Like I said, there was no initial investigation that took place. So um, just because of the dispute, um, these guys, um, I at least know that Mr. Dreyer went back to the States. Um, and I believe it was after he went back to the States that these men started to be charged or realized um, what was happening, so to speak. I mean, they obviously knew what happened, the confrontation. I am not aware of at what point they knew that Mr. Rodriguez passed away. And tell me what they're charged with. And have they been held in custody since that, since that time? No, they haven't been held in custody, but um, it's like they've already been charged. So they had duties on the base, but not their normal duties. And so they pretty much just would go in for their physicals or whatnot, but then have no responsibilities. But they obviously are not held in prison or anything like that. And yeah, charged with involuntary homicide and manslaughter. It's so, it's so confusing to try to, you know, get at the bottom of things like this, particularly when the military is involved, because I have covered a number of court cases and actions that don't seem to follow what they might follow on a civilian path. Um, and it's, you know, it's hard to know, me to know what really happened here. I'm here, your side of the story, I'm listening. I know you've investigated it, but try to explain what you think this amounted to versus how it's being handled and prosecuted. Well, I think first of all, just whether it's civilian or military, um, you know, you're, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Where in these men's case, it seems like they were charged immediately, even though an investigation never took place. When I first read the story, um, it, it just stunk from the beginning. As far as, um, and I'm bipartisan, I mean, my husband is special forces and Rodriguez was ex-special forces. So I had no affiliation with these men beforehand. I was going into it, looking at both sides of the story and I, I don't understand um, the justice system or the unjustice system that took place in this case. I think that's the biggest deal. Why are these men charged when there was no investigation to begin with? And understand, I mean, this was taken place 2018 slash January 1st, 2019. That's four years ago that these men were charged. And in the meantime, have just been held in limbo. They've had court dates, then they've been canceled. And in my opinion, a lot of that is due to they had no evidence to charge these men in the first place. And I think the reason it's moving forward now is it's just it's been so long. And, and so the understanding this requires you to just sort of do some critical thinking and supposition. But did you come up with any thoughts as a journalist when I run across situations that seem to make so no sense? Of course, I think of every possible scenario that could be the reason for the things. This occurs to me, do you think that Lockheed Martin as a contractor had some sway, you know, as far as the military was concerned, they wanted to make sure it looked like the contractor hadn't been hurt by people in the military who weren't held accountable. Do you feel as though a message was trying to be sent completely unrelated to that? What do you think? I think all of the above. So first of all, if you're a journalist, you know the connection between Lockheed Martin and the command of the military. A ton of military command, when they retire, they go to Lockheed Martin. So of course, 
they don't want to be embarrassed and they don't want to jeopardize their position or job so they could further in Lockheed Martin. Two, there was drinking. Um, there was no drinking um, law in place for these guys when they went off base. And I think the military was embarrassed by that. Now they have a law when you're overseas and drinking, um, but that was not in place at the time this happened. I mean, I think some of the commanders, this is just from some of the guys talking, is they had you know alcohol on their desks when they went into work. So it wasn't something that was um, unusual. But I think that was another reason the military was embarrassed because they didn't have any drinking laws in place, even though this was taken off base. And so I think there's a plethora of reasons from a journal's perspective that just stink. <laughs> so bring us up to date. I'm speaking to you on Wednesday, January 18th. People will be listening on different days, but what's the status today? Yeah, so yesterday, January 17th, I believe it's at 8 a.m. at Cherry Point, North Carolina, which is the Marine Corps Air Station. Um, Gunnery Sergeant Danny Dreyer and Gunnery Sergeant Josh Negrone are in trial as we speak. They say it could go up to 30 days. I'm sure it won't go that long, um, but, but this is kind of it. They've had preliminary trials. Some have been canceled, um, but, but this will determine the fate of these these men. So um, the United American Patriots, which is UAP, have been supporting these men as far as their legal fees, because um, I believe it was in August where um, Chief Eric Gilman's case was initially thrown out due to unlawful command influence. And it was which one was Which one was he of the three? So he was the Special Operations Independent Corpsman. He's the one who put a watch on Rodriguez. But he was not the one who was hit or who hit? No, exactly. Okay. So he's being tried separately from um, Gunnery Sergeant Danny and Gunnery Sergeant Josh. Um, so it would be Dreyer and Negron's trial that's taking place right now. Um, but so this unlawful command influence, um, which also, I don't quite understand because it was dismiss, dismissed without prejudice. And then the Marine Corps appealed that and reinstated the charges, which I've never heard of before. Why was it dismissed without pre with prejudice? Why, which normally means you can't bring charges again. Why was it dismissed? Because of unlawful command influence I by mean, the defense. Can you give a little detail? Um, well, I think the defense um, was just saying kind of, you know, to the Eric's lawyers, if, if you want to further in your career, I would be careful of what you say or how you're representing um, Chief Eric Gilmet. Gotcha. And, and um, so one thing I didn't notice, and you probably told me when we've communicated previously, but it didn't stick in my mind. It doesn't sound like this is a court martial. It sounds like it's a civilian trial is that right no it is a court martial okay when so, so when you say court we're talking about military court yeah military court but the weird thing is so after the unlawful command influence then these marines were no longer able to be represented by a marine staff so okay um, so um dreyer is actually being represented by a coast guard officer and Negron is defended by an army officer. But what 
UAP, the United American Patriots, um, have come in and done is they've gotten the MARSOC three civilian lawyers, which are being paid for by people's donations. And if people want to find out more about the group or the donations or the case, tell us the website or the place they can visit. I would visit um, the UAP, United American Patriots. Um, they're keeping everything up to date as far as the trial. They have a YouTube channel and it, it'll say MARSOC 3 trial update. Um, so you have um, the UAP CEO is Lieutenant Colonel David um, Gerfine, and he is there live keeping people updated about the trial and what's going on. And that's, by the way, for people, UAP.org, UAP.org. Well, thank you for telling us about this. And um, it just caught my ear. We, we were connected through a mutual contact, um, someone who, who's worked in the military as well. So I thought it was important to hear about it. There's a lot of these cases that I think kind of go under the radar that raise a lot of questions and certainly deserve our attention. So I appreciate it. Please let me know how it goes. We'll try to keep our listeners updated on this. By the way, you heard Heather refer to the surveillance video that provides a lot of evidence in this case for what happened. And I would love to see it myself and show it to you. But at this point, I'm told it is not public. Now, in civilian court, when something like that is introduced in evidence during the trial, at that point, it usually becomes public. I don't know if that'll happen in this case or not. If I'm able to get the video, I'll probably post it on Rumble with a note in the near future. But for now, we just have to rely on what each side says the video shows and represents. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAckison.com and click the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of cool products. A lot of them make great gifts that feature catchphrases like, I tested positive for critical thinking and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Cheryl Ackeson Ion Awards for off-narrative accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckison.com and click the store tab. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if so, you'll leave a great review, subscribe to it and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And now you can support independent journalism by visiting CherylAckison.com and clicking the store tab. There are some thought provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, Think for yourself.